All you positive heads out there, thanks for tuning your beautiful brainwaves into another episode of the Positive Head Podcast, where we are firmly convinced that creating success and happiness is rooted in understanding the ultimate nature of reality and the fact that as human beings, we are all immensely powerful fractals of the one and only source consciousness, which creates and animates all things. Now, of course, understanding this powerful truth is one thing. Applying this incredibly empowering wisdom to everyday life? Well, that's another. Which is exactly why we provide you with a fresh serving of soul food for thought five days a week to help constantly remind you of what matters most. You are it. And I'm your host, Brandon Beecham. I'm the reflection and extension of you who will be here each Wednesday interviewing a different consciousness changemaker and on the other four weekdays, leading the way to ensure that your perspective is consistently expanded, your vibration is constantly elevated, and your heart is overflowing and full. And you guys have heard me say that if I ever run ads on this show, it will only be with a company that I fully support because I believe their intention is to make a positive difference in the world. Well, I'm pleased to announce that day has arrived and that this episode of the Positive Head Podcast is being brought to you thanks to the support of Gaia. If you're not familiar, Gaia is the go-to source for streaming consciousness content online. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. All right, all you positive heads, on this week's How Wow episode, I'm very excited to have my lovely friend, Trisha Eastman, here with me on the show. Trisha is a medicine woman who has worked with and curated medicine retreats all over the world for many years now, and she specializes working as a ceremonial facilitator for 5-MeO-DMT, a powerful psychedelic medicine from the Sonoran Desert Toad uh, that I recently had the privilege of experiencing thanks to her. And let me just say, wow. (laughs) And wow, 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 Trisha, welcome to the show. Hello. Hello. I am just so grateful to be here. I'm so grateful for the work that you're doing and just want to say hello to the Positive Head audience. Thank Mm. you for being here and I'm just excited to be on this journey with you. And um, I'll also mention that um, some of the substances that we're talking about today are scheduled in the United States and are legal. And so I do want to say that the work that I do is outside of the country. I do retreats in countries where the work is legal. Like where we met, Costa Rica. In Costa Rica. And um, Mexico, Portugal, Spain. There's other countries where, for instance, 5-MeO-DMT is not scheduled. And so um, it's a beautiful way to to create an environment that's really conducive to healing, but also to be able to partake in these substances without feeling like that, that fear of like, oh my gosh, I'm breaking the law or something. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And definitely important to note. Um, 
with with this sort of conversation because it's been a minute since uh, I've went down this rabbit hole yeah. uh, actually and I've had some of your peers on uh, the Crossroads people Martin Polenko Martin yes. and um, Maria and Chavez and you know we've had we've, we've went down this a, a few times um, but um, this is definitely a different journey at this time you know this space because now I have actually experienced this toad medicine thanks to you and whoa um and we're gonna dive into that guys in a minute but before we do i, I want to be um a little predictable and ask my same question i always open with and that is you're in an elevator yeah you've got 10 floors to answer the woman next to you looks over and says what's your passion what do you say mm. my biggest passion is really about just this curiosity the you know going deep into the the reaches of consciousness and asking questions and really um looking behind what's on the surface so this idea of you know what is immortality what are these things that 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 we cannot explain in the universe like the bermuda triangle or why why did the egyptians have access to these what we've heard powerful modalities for consciousness expansion and and how do we connect to those things so yeah. i feel like um you know connecting to ancestral technology but also modern day technology you know i've had uh, it's stem cells that are illegal in the United States, in Mexico, you know, like whatever modalities that are going to upgrade consciousness, of course, doing the research, doing it in a grounded way. And, you know, my dream is just to hang out with amazing people where we can discover these tools together and learn about yeah. each other and connect to our hearts at the same time. Beautiful. Well, that's quite the passion. And I think you're the, one of the first people to go over 10 floors. And so uh, you are <laughs> you're more than welcome to them because there was there's plenty of abundance of floors left over from previous episodes. <laughs> so let's let's back up a little bit before we, you know, dig into this work and, you know, the experience that I've recently had. And um, why don't you start by telling uh, a little bit about your story? How did you end up on this unique path to facilitate what many claim in I from my experience now at this point I have to say you know I've experienced with you know a lot of different medicines and definitely the most potent and powerful experience of my life mm. um, so here you are this ceremonial facilitator of this one of the most powerful healing tools on the planet if not the most powerful healing tools on the planet how does one land there instead of, um, you know, um, flipping burgers at McDonald's? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, when I was supposed to be flipping burgers at McDonald's, I was actually working at a counterculture bookstore in a town called Seattle, Washington, mm -hmm. called Raver Books. And oh. we had everything from Ram Das to Terrence McKenna to Alexander Shulgin and I, I learned about psychedelics and I played with psychedelics and we threw raves in mm. like illegal rave parties and for some reason I always ended up being the person kind of you know back in this time there wasn't uh, Zendo Project which Zendo Project is the, the the beautiful services that are it's like psychedelic first aid and yep. they have them at festivals for people that are having difficult Journeys, psychedelic yeah. yep. experiences yep. 
And um, so I just ended up being that person, holding space for a lot of people. Maybe they took too many mushrooms. Maybe they took too much LSD. Maybe they were just having some emotional bumps that were coming up along the ride, you know, just having a powerful transcendental awakening experience with psychedelics. Mm-hmm. And then interestingly, um, fast forward, um, have this corporate life have a really amazing job where I'm traveling, burning my candles at both ends, but not happy. And I have all this anxiety. I go and see a psychologist. One psychologist says, you know, leading expert, University of Washington, oh, you're just like a breed of chihuahua. Like, you, it's like in your genetic nature, you're just like a shaky, anxious person. <laughs> and then this other one, like, he's a, he's a, a funny behavioral, yeah, behavioral psychologist. And he sits in the back of the room. And here I am, like, one of my biggest fears at, in this corporate job was I was uh, doing a lot of public speaking and I was like terrified of it. So he would sit in the back of the room and he would be like, you suck. And I'd be like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. I'm like, seriously, there's got to be a better way. And I was literally willing to do anything mm. to like be free of my anxiety and my suffering. Wow. And to add to that, I had severe eating disorders since I was 10 years old that I had never really fully been able to get down to the bottom of. So I started working with MDMA again, which was something I was playing Mm -hmm. with back in my raver book days. And this was like in my 30s and um, had a really powerful, what they call kundalini awakening, which I know you know what that means. Yeah, yeah. Um, And in this kundalini awakening experience, I had the realization that I hadn't really connected to my authentic path and my authentic self. Mm. At the time I was married. I literally said to my husband, and it's really funny because I also, uh, I want to give Tim Ferriss some props because I had also read the book Four Hour Work Week. Uh, And I was like, I want to sell everything. I want to travel the world. I want to figure out what I can do to be of service to the planet rather than being one of those people contributing to the destruction of the planet. This was like six years ago. My husband said, I can't see that happening for at least five years. Hmm. So literally, like, six months down the road, I realized I had to leave him. Yeah. Well, Even yeah, though he's, he's an amazing husband, we yeah. owned all this, all these properties together, I literally gave him everything. Wow. Walked away with $47,000, which seems like a lot of money, but when you move to Europe, it goes really fast. Sure. Um, in the process um, of, of my spiritual studies, I, I came across this book talking about ayahuasca. And I was like thinking I was going to have to like move to the jungle or mm-hmm. something and go on these like crazy plant dietas. I knew that I wanted to work with ayahuasca. Um, but I kept getting this like message like just from my meditations and guides coming through to move to Los Angeles. And so when I moved to Los Angeles, literally got off the plane, went to this place that had just opened called Cafe Gratitude mm. of all places. Right, it's right. like amazing, beautiful place where all the dishes are in affirmation, really positive. Yeah, just for you guys who aren't familiar with Cafe Gratitude, they actually just opened one right near my house. We're, you know, we're recording in my studio, which is in my house. And um, it's really great because it's a vegan restaurant, and um, but everything is like um abund- like an dish will be called abundant you know and then <laughs> if you order it you have to say you don't have to but you're supposed to say i am so when you're ordering the waiter's like 
you know, you, you say to them, oh, I am abundant. And then the, the, the waiter will like uh, affirm back to you, yes, you are abundant, you know, and it's just yes. such a cool process to tie in that whole thing to food. Just to share with you guys who maybe aren't in the Los Angeles area and don't know gratitude, cafe gratitude. That's uh, that's what it's about. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it attracts it attracts really beautiful people. And that's actually how I made friends when I first moved to L.A. I can attribute all of my relationships, which have like blossomed into some, um, you know, an amazing tribe that I've for the first time felt like it was like a coming home for me, like really yeah. feeling like I, I had a family, like a real like family. Mm-hmm. And I call it my star family. Like I yeah, feel like yeah. we've had many lifetimes together. But what happened was when I was in this Cafe Gratitude, like I, I met this beautiful human being and I, I told him about my awakening process and I was telling him about how I wanted to like work with ayahuasca. And he's like, oh, I'll introduce you to my shaman. And I'm like, what? And he's like, yeah, I know a guy that does it here. And I'm like, you mean I don't have to go to the jungle to yeah, have yeah. this experience? So I had this incredibly powerful awakening experience. Never imagined that I would be working with medicine. You know, this this shaman had trained for like 10 years. Like, you know, I had a lot of respect for what he did. and I And, you know for that type of medicine you definitely need that training it's essential it's sophisticated you know the soul realms realms are very sophisticated yeah if you guys by the way want to go back to one of my earliest powwows uh interview episodes is uh with um pablo miller and uh he's a dear friend who's been doing ayahuasca uh, leading the ayahuasca uh, ceremony for like 25 years. So we delve into his, you know, mm. that particular medicine in detail if you go back, you know. And, and by the way, let me just throw this out because I've never thrown it out before. Sometimes people ask how to find episodes. And what you can do is if you go to positivehead.com, you can actually type in keywords. And uh, a lot of times I know you guys are listening through iTunes or SoundCloud or, you know, now you can even tune in um, just recently through Spotify. But, um just this is just I haven't I just realized I've never told told people this when they're asking how to find stuff there's a search functionality on positivehead.com so you go and search for Pablo Miller for example that episode will come up um, mm. or ayahuasca that'll probably come up as a keyword too so anyway sorry go go right no ahead. it's perfect so um so then um you know going back to someone who I have so much gratitude for in my process Martin Polanco mm. met him a little over four years ago Mm -hmm. Um, and he tells me oh I've got this clinic in Mexico we do treatments for people with heroin addiction and we use a psychedelic medicine called abogaine and you know someone literally can come in with a needle in their arm uh, have this treatment and within 48 hours come back out and and not have any withdrawals and not have any cravings he was on as well guys if you want to search for Crossroads or Martin um, yeah it's, it's an incredible like breakdown that he gives of what this does, especially for people who are, you know, struggling with uh, heroin withdrawals and so forth. It's like, as he put it, I, I believe, and you'll probably agree, Tricia, in that uh, episode, he's like, it's the closest thing to like a miracle drug you know, or miracle substance. I don't even like the word drug. Oh. Medicine, uh, miracle medicine that exists, you yeah. know. And I know you work closely with it still even now, and we'll get into that. But Yeah, I mean... Miracle is even an understatement. You know, it truly is like I call it the avatar medicine because it truly connects you to the aspects of yourself that are your highest potentials that I've never experienced in all of my psychonaut journeys and all of my plant medicine journeys, you know, pretty much working with 
every medicine out there. I mean, one the only medicine I think that I haven't sat with is uh, Datura, which is very, Toe, what they call in the ayahuasca traditions, which they say is pretty much like on that level with with iboga like really, really powerful i'm not familiar i'm not familiar with that one it's, it's obviously lesser known detura is the flower that kind of grows around here it's like a white kind of trumpet like flower but it it it's kind of similar to um it's in the same family as like the the nightshades, like mm. the different nightshades, and it like takes hell's you- bells or whatever they call it. Is yeah, that one? Oh, the one that looks like a bell, um, sort of that's poisonous. Uh, you know, I know it's not the same thing. I wonder if it's like related to that in some way. Some of them have, um, and I'm sorry, I apologize because it's it's just on the tip of my tongue the the name of the flower, but there's one that contains um, LST, which is connected to LSD mm. so there it's a psychedelic family of flowers but Datura is by far the most powerful they say that if you go in without a guide you probably won't come back mentally wow mentally in in the right place so I'm not like jumping at, at going and doing that <laughs> yeah. although I've heard some people working with the right shaman have had some like life-changing experiences wow. with it um but but back to the the abogain so abogain is actually from a root called iboga and iboga is a ceremonial medicine used in an area of africa called gabon used by a tribe called buiti and you know from what i understand working with this medicine it's the oldest plant medicine that's existed from the very first humans that ever inhabited this earth of course this is what the medicine said so i can't necessarily go back and say okay i've got this this proof but from what i understand about it 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 seems accurate now when you say this is what the medicine says explain that to people who haven't had these experiences what what do you mean medicine that talks like no obviously you're talking about well i'll let you explain so there's there's two aspects that i that i like to explain I mean, actually, there's more than two. There's when you are in a plant medicine experience, there's the aspect of you connecting with your soul and being able to have a direct transmission Mm -hmm. and connection with your soul that can go beyond just like your soul being like, hey, how's it going? It actually is just more of like a almost like a a psychic connection where Mm -hmm. it's like a a direct transmission of information. Then there's also um, the way that the medicine can tell you is also through story. Mm -hmm. And so it can give you symbols and tell you stories. That's very common in like ayahuasca to have visuals that are are telling you something. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes, you know, you might have guides, like entities that show up in the medicine that are there to tell you something. Mm -hmm. So there's many ways the medicine can talk to you. It can directly talk to you, but then it can talk to you through these other Mm -hmm. modalities. And then I've even seen it where I... I'm starting to come out of the medicine space and I'll have nature interacting with me in a way that it's talking to me and it's like the medicine has opened up that channel to be able to have wow. that direct interaction with, I mean, I've had bats doing healing on me. I've wow. had, you know, conversations with spiders and wow. you might think that's crazy, but they were really profound. Uh, conversations and healing. communications. Yeah. yeah. And so back to, back to like this, this, um, experience so I talked to Martine and I said you know I've had these eating disorders since I was 10 you know I've done ayahuasca I've, I've done all this spiritual work I've been attuned for Reiki Tantra I've done every kind of modality you can imagine and I just can't get down to the core 
of this this piece and I'm like I really feel like this this abogain could maybe help me I mean if it helps people with heroin addiction I think it could help people with food addiction right right and he said I'm willing to give it a try and I mean coolest guy in the world he like he like hooked me up went down there had the treatment um it was the most powerful experience up until that moment of my life yeah and for the first time I met my soul wow I had a direct connection with my soul and I felt the deep beauty and you know of the divine aspect of myself that I had never connected to before to where I had the most immense gratitude for life I realized which this is like a big teaching in Buiti life is a gift Mm. my body is a gift Mm -hmm. and that there's no reason in the world that I shouldn't fully love and accept myself or fully love and accept all things on Mm. this planet and I just cried I think for like two hours it was like just deep stuff and then and then I I was so grateful I asked the medicine how can I be of service and the medicine said write a story Mm. so I wrote a story for this uh, blog called Rebel Society Mm -hmm. and it reached a lot of women it created a lot of buzz and Mm. opened up a lot of dialogue with other women that had been suffering from the same stuff that I had suffered with and it was really deep and really heartfelt like really sharing details about like you know like some of the horrible stuff that I did to myself. You got really vulnerable, I'm sure. I got really vulnerable. And um, shortly after that, Martine had said that he needed a little help in the clinic. He needed someone who could kind of fill in when other people that were facilitating their weekend psycho-spiritual program, which was a program working with Iboga and then another substance called 5-MeO-DMT, specifically from the venom of a toad called Mm. Bufo alvarius. So I literally got trained to work with these two medicines. And the first thing I thought in my mind was, oh my God, I'm not a shaman. Like, I'm being yeah. asked. And and literally, I like went into this meditation. I reconnected to this Iboga spirit or Abogain. And I was like, I was like, is this what I'm supposed to do? And it was like, you're the one that asked, how can I be of service? I'm, I'm bringing you this opportunity. Don't like get your ego all caught up in it. Right, and right. just, just, you know move forward and 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 i did and and it just took me on this wild ride when and here i am with you right wow (laughs) yeah so um yeah so obviously you were sort of gradually integrated into this path and then of course yeah you seems like you were the guinea pig in a sense for now are, are other women now using iboga uh, ibogaine for the purpose of helping with the eating disorders is this something that now has become a thing absolutely not only that but um there have been some really like at the psychedelic sciences conference that happened last year in oakland which was put on by the maps organization which is the multidisciplinary association i had for rick s- doblin on a while back as well awesome yeah, i love him he's amazing he's he runs maps bear. and you guys another one to search if you want to these are like all the episodes over the three years or so that i've just went down this rabbit hole so rick is another great great one to check out <laughs> Yeah, I um, have so much respect for what he's he's done, he's and he incredible. has the biggest heart. But he put on the he he helped facilitate one of the biggest psychedelic conferences, and some of the leading people in psychedelic research talked about just new findings. And there was a woman, and I apologize that I don't have her name off the top of my head, but. Um, 
she did a whole um, talk on ayahuasca for eating disorders. Mm. And it totally makes sense because ayahuasca is really powerful for healing the gut and just physical healing for the body. Sort of figures out what you need most, right? So yeah. it's like this these medicines, the way it seems, you know, you talked about speaking to the medicine or or there's a spirit that animates these, you know, there is you know, a lot of people have the experience of communicating, communing with grandmother ayahuasca. Yeah. And you know, I my uh Speaking of Pablo, yeah, I remember the way he described uh, iboga is almost like the grandfather version. Yes, and that's do you do you resonate with that idea? One is more of the feminine energy, and yeah. iboga being a little bit more of a, a masculine energy. And it's really a fascinating concept when you start thinking of them being living spirits in their own right. Absolutely, and and people do have experiences, and not everyone does, but where they meet the spirit of Iboga, or they meet the spirit of Ayahuasca, yeah. and they recognize this entity that, that might be a little more feminine, or might be a little more masculine. I would say this. Um, there's two reasons why I think that they have, um, you know, like, for instance, like, for, for um, the masculine, um, you look at like dopamine system. The dopamine system in the brain is very deeply connected with safety. And the, the first core thing that happens when you're a baby, like those safety anchors are created by the masculine energy, which is through the father. Mm. And so in order for you to be able to live in a world where you're like, oh, I'm living in a safe, loving universe, that anchor has to be put in place. Now, the medicines that work on that, which is really core, um, the core um, disease of that is addiction, which pretty much our entire society has some level of addictive tendencies and that all comes from dopamine whether it's checking your iPhone or uh, checking your Facebook or you know work addiction or food addiction or whatever Um, so the iboga actually works on on the dopamine receptors it works on pretty much every receptor it's a really miraculous medicine in that way Um, Peyote also works on the dopamine receptors. San Pedro works on the dopamine receptors. So those are all like grandfather medicines. They fall in that category. I see. Um, the, the, the feminine medicines are um, the tryptamine family. Mm. So tryptamine would be DMT, mm-hmm. although I'll say 5-MeO-DMT is kind of, it's a non-dual state. Mm-hmm. So I don't really think of it as having <coughs> sex, like feminine or masculine, although mm-hmm. the way that it brings you into it is a very feminine, energy Um, but like mushrooms that's a feminine energy Um, cannabis although it doesn't work on the serotonin receptor sites in the way that the tryptamines do tryptamine family would be DMT which is in ayahuasca as well as um, 5-MeO-DMT so that whole entire family is working on the serotonin and serotonin is deeply 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 connected to the mother even breast milk and and all those things it helps with with serotonin and serotonin is also essential for your gut health Mm. so it's deeply connected to the gut health and that's why ayahuasca specifically is very healing Mm, for the gut interesting yeah yeah so you know as i mentioned guys i have recently thanks to trisha uh, had the experience of um this toad medicine the 5-meo-dmt uh, and, you know, I've experimented a lot. I've definitely had my, uh, you know, hand in the cookie jar uh, for, you know, from LSD to uh, psilocybin mushrooms to 
you know, ketamine to um, even an NDMT, which is different than the 5-MeO, right? The 5-MeO coming from uh, this this toad. And wow, it is, it's one of those things, you know, I've, I've been interested in for a very long time, but it, it takes some major courage because essentially what happened, and it's hard to put into words, and you guys know I normally don't have a shortage of things to say, but um, it's like facing it down, and Trisha is so, you have such a calming presence and energy you definitely made it as comfortable as i could you know going in and uh really guys what it is is kind of like my experience there's really no words for the dissolving of the self that takes it's like you become everything and nothing simultaneously and Mm. and it's just like this love that washes over that is so powerful and um you know it it was it's almost like if you imagine everything being pulled out from under you, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm floating in like, like mm-hmm. it's like free falling mm-hmm. almost. And I could see how people could have slip into fearful state because it's almost like I feel like now I have a glimpse of what the death process is like. Mm-hmm. And I really, you know, as you said afterwards, it's like, did you lose yourself? And we actually had two different applications. The first time I don't feel like I fully lost myself. And the second time I did fully lose myself. And, and, um, wow. It just like, you know, what happened with me and my own personal experience was, you know, a lot of like energy moving through the body and releasing, uh, of trauma is the way you put it in, in tonings and like, you know, sounds coming through that I feel like I'm tapping at different moments. I'm tapping into like other lives, other parallel me's. Um, at times it even sounds like very native kind of mm-hmm. um, energy feels like is moving was moving through me. And it was like I said, there's really nothing that can fully prepare you um, to to experience that that in a sense ego death, but at the same time moving into full surrender and trust with it mm. for me was um it's like okay i trust you trisha is a facilitator i trust my higher self i trust source i trust love and i'm willing to jump off the cliff and you know as terence mckinnon talks about you know this uh, i've read it many times the jumping into the abyss and finding it's a feather bed and that's really like what what it ultimately was and you come out and you're just like oh my gosh like you know even having done five ayahuasca journeys they didn't compare to the intensity of this you know toad medicine and um it's sort of like with with ayahuasca for those of you who don't know it's sort of like a slow release of dmt over many hours almost mm-hmm. like an lsd or mushroom trip whereas you know the 5meo dmt it's like you get blasted uh to the moon and back in 10 minutes yeah. and so um that experience you know for me also with my ayahuasca journeys it was a lot of um for me, a lot of fears came up, like that I needed to process the fear, fear of something happening to my family or myself or, you know, and, and I don't feel like a super fearful person in my waking life. But when I would go into these states and it's happened previous to ayahuasca with mushrooms and uh, LSD where fears come up that are like deep seated. So what happens is a lot of times you're clean, you're taking out the trash, you're cleaning out these blockages. And um, so for this, it was like the ultimate face fears to dive into 5 and go really really deep and and find that it's a feather bed and it, overall it was like all in all there's it's hard for me to put into words what i experienced but it love was there and i came out the other side feeling like 
wow, I just had the the guts to to do that, to dive in the deep end of the pool and not really know where it's going to go. And the trust that I brought into it and the surrender that I brought into it proved to be, um, you know, just um, divine and beautiful. And now I feel like it's like fear has left my body even more fully and trust is more integrated into my my you know my being and surrender and all these things it's like an it's like an an upgrade a level up and really it's just i've just recently had this experience and i wasn't really ready until now and mm. you know maybe when we all have different paths some of you may never want to do this others of you are probably hearing this and be like oh my gosh i'm ready i want to do it now you know but um yeah, I just want anyway, I just wanted to take a moment and just kind of share a little bit about what I've just very very recently went through with this and um I can't thank you enough for giving me the the gift of uh this experience. It's been absolutely incredible. Hmm. I have to say like the biggest gift for me is, you know, not only getting to experience you, but every time I do this work, I get to watch it's like a rebirthing process. Like the word. It's a great way to put it. It's bufo. like death and birth. Yeah, it's like rebirth. Booth, bufo alvarius means alva means of the womb. And these little toads, they, they hibernate underground 10 months out of the year. They only come out during the rainy season. So it's almost wow. like they're in this gestation period, just like it ta- takes nine months for a baby to be born. Wow. They come out just these two months when they mate and they eat and they only come out at night and then they go back in and they and they go back into a meditative state they've actually measured the brain frequency of these toads and they are in a meditative state not like a bear that's hibernating but but in a meditative wow. state and interestingly the same same state of being is our flow state which is gamma mm. gamma frequency is is the frequency of flow so if you take a a monk or a meditator who has spent 20 30 40 years meditating they're going to have a high level of gamma frequency there's different you know frequencies like theta yep. one one example and um, within these these frequencies, when you have a high level of gamma and you're able to hold that for a sustained period of time, your immune system functions uh, more efficiently. You're able to recall data and remember data at a very high rate. Just your overall functioning, it's pretty much all intuition-based. And most importantly, you have a connection to all things. Mm-hmm. So it's this feeling of oneness and connection to all things and at the same time, interestingly, like uh, one one study I was reading, um, the monks call it a feeling of being blessed. Mm. And so I feel like there's a deep connection with um, the state of gratitude and the state of um, just emptiness. And just when we're in that place um, and we can totally trust, um, Everything evolves in its own divine perfection Mm. in your life. And when you do this medicine, it allows for you to connect to that. It builds a bridge. It changes the neural pathways in your brain to where you can access that, just like that monk that's meditated 20, 30, 40 years. So it's also the ultimate biohack because it's allowing you Mm. to connect to that flow state so much easier. Wow. Yeah, I got to say, I feel there's a shift that's taken place in me. It's like something is a me, but like, 
it's like I can tap into the once that medicine has been introduced in such a potent way. And and actually, it's in us uh, organically, right? We have DMT naturally. It's it's available, and it's in a lot of things, right? Not just yeah. these toads. It's in plants and humans and. Uh, you know, I've heard it said that they, they think when we die, a large dose of DMT is released and, yeah. you know, when you're sleeping. And um, so it's a really interesting that this is something that's very organic to the body already. Yeah. And so it passes the blood brain barrier. It like it's meant to be a part of your experience one way or another, whether you take it from this magical you know, monk ascended master toad that's meditating underground for 10 months out of the year, or you just get it through its naturally, you know, occurring in your body. I mean, this is like sort of the supercharged path of, of, uh, experience and maybe not for everyone, but definitely for me. And I'm so glad I did it because now I feel like it's like shown me something that I can always access. It's like, I feel like more connected to, source my higher self whatever you want to call it it's like i can think about it and it's like it's like still working in me you know and it's it's such a incredible tool in the tool belt that i didn't have before Mm. it's um so so the 5-meo dmt is endogenous to the body it's made in the lungs it's made in the spine it's made pretty much everywhere in the body but the highest concentration is in the lungs and in the spine and um what happens, um, good example, so Montauk Chia, he has um, these darkroom treats that he does in Thailand. And for 21 days, you are in complete darkness. Mm. You're meditating. You're not around any other contact except for the person that brings your juices in to your room like a couple times a day. And after those 21 days, you have what's called a tryptamine cascade effect where you actually start to produce 5-MeO-DMT naturally within your own brain. And you have basically a full release toad experience naturally within your body wow so we can create it ourselves we just have to be like the toads and and hibernate underground what a trip or meditate i should say underground um but but we literally make this in our own body and so it's um one of the other um uh plants that has a high concentration of 5-meo is um uh Phalaris grass, which is very common in Greece. And so some people hypothesize that the Eleusian Mysteries was, um, they used uh, Phalaris grass, which was like a hidden mystery school, and you weren't allowed to talk about what happened. And that totally makes sense, too, because when you have this experience, it's all about whatever your experience was is unique to you, and it tells you about you and your life purpose. But that information isn't useful to the next guy because it actually right. can trip him up because if he's expecting <clears throat> to see God, this guy with a beard, and not right, that you right, see right. entities. Right. You don't even see entities on this. Uh, what I mean by that is you don't necessarily see angels or mm-hmm. things like like within NDMT. You might see machine elves and stuff, but right. with 5MEO, you, you don't see that. It's more like light. It's more like you, yeah, you become all that is and nothing simultaneously. Yeah. (laughs) That was my, the best way I can put it 
into words, you know, that for something that there really isn't words. <laughs> but if you have an expectation going in, it just gets in the way. Yeah. And so, so that's why I think it is really important that, you know, you have to be careful with the psychedelics. You don't want to walk into it like having this expectation of this experience. And at the same time, your intentions do have a really strong impact on how that experience is going to show up for you. Yeah. But also the other stuff, your subconscious, what's going on inside, it's it's a reflection of whatever that is. So because we source so much trauma in our bodies, because we're not like, you know, the animals like in Africa where they get chased, but, you know, like a bird gets chased by a cheetah, gets away immediately. It starts to shake the trauma off the body. And it's very common when going into the experience. And I, if I remember correctly, you did some shaking too, For sure, yeah. where you literally start, I call it neurotropic tremors, where you literally start shaking trauma mm-hmm. off the body. Cause there's so much that's stored in our body and yeah. we literally are weighed down by our, by our trauma. Yeah. Um, so these tools, um, and I mean like Everything from ayahuasca to peyote, they all have this ability of cleaning out these stored traumas out of our body. Yeah. I remember Pablo, the way he put it is like you could go to, you know, 20 years of um, psychiatric treatment and you may go and he used his hands like uh, you may be this closed, you know, he had his two hands clasped together and then he would like flower them open. And over 20 years, this flowering may happen or you can take this path potentially and do that in you know a night exactly <laughs> and that's kind of it's not for everyone and it is definitely diving in the deep end of the pool but what you find is is, is a feather bed it, it really is it's mm-hmm. like you're infinitely loved and supported and one of the things as I started coming back into my body and it's almost like being born again like what is this body that I'm in and like what my hands and yeah it's all like almost foreign again at first when you come back and I remember one of the things that was sort of playing in my head is like, you get to, de- you always get to decide. I get to decide how powerful the experience is, how deep it goes. Yeah. How, what happens plays out in my 3D life. It's, you're always deciding. Like, there's no one there waiting to harm you. There's no, these fears and things that we all hold on to, they're, they're, self-created there's really nothing there to fear it's like you always get to choose there's not this thing that's going to be imposed on you that you have to suffer through it's always a choice you are source Uh, you know you are an emanation of source and source gets to choose anyone that's chosen let's say darkness or pain or suffering or evil they chose it it's and there's value there. There's a gift there, and they're very, very brave souls. Mm-hmm. And I think we've all probably made that choice at some point in our eternal journey. Um, but make no mistake, at least that was what was shown to me as part of my journey was make no mistake. It was always a choice. It was never imposed on any being or soul mm-hmm. um, and so when you can really understand it if you do ever decide to go in, in, into this work it's like it's going to be what you you need it to be and if you can move into and take that as an example in the rest of your life just trusting and surrendering and that yeah. you, you know it's going to be exactly what it needs to be and not at anything more and you are infinitely loved and supported and there's nothing that's going to be imposed on you that it, it's going to be actually what you've chosen at some level that's perfect for you yeah and i'll even get into just the fear aspect a little bit deeper in that um 
I truly believe what happened was in the colonization of humans, we shut off a lot of our faculties. Um, we got away from our instincts and our intuition. And when we turn those off, we cut off a lot of really important information that we need for our safety and our survival. Then what happened was we got hurt. And because we weren't getting that information is why the trauma occurred, because we weren't listening, we weren't present. And the more that we built up this ancestral karma in our bodies over lifetimes of colonization and being conditioned through our ancestral line as young children, um, we we forgot how to trust the universe and so now we're coming back to that mm. where we're reopening that and we're like kind of like a kid riding a bike mm -hmm. you know and and so sometimes you fall down sometimes you get hurt you get back up again and you're like okay i can do this but it's that trust to know that you can maintain that balance and then you just get to a point where you just keep yourself balanced and you don't have to worry anymore about the fear right all right. Well, now seems like a good moment to take a quick minute to tell those of you who aren't familiar a bit about our sponsor, Gaia. I've been a big fan of Gaia for many years now, which is why they're the only content provider I've ever reached out to in regards to potentially supporting this podcast. So needless to say, I'm very excited they're now supporting the show. Gaia truly is my personal go-to source for streaming consciousness content on the web. They have an incredible 7,000 plus exclusive videos covering 5,000 years of wisdom. Just to give you an example, on the show Missing Links, the incredible researcher Greg Braden explores all the biggest questions concerning who we are, where we come from, where we're going, by connecting the missing links between science and spirituality to complete our understanding of humanity's history and to better understand the interconnectedness of all things. Awesome, right? And that's just one example. As you guys constantly hear me say, it's a daily conscious effort to maintain an elevated vibration. And if you're looking to go deep down the rabbit hole to do so, then Gaia is the best place I know of to do it, period. And you can sign up for your first month for only 99 cents at Gaia.com forward slash positive head. That's spelled G-A-I-A dot com forward slash positive head. Check it out. And yeah, one of the things that came through also with that is, you know, we all we you always get to decide at some level and, and and it goes back to something that i talk about a lot on the show but was um integrated even more fully into my being through this um toad experience uh and it was that we we're our whole reality is stories we're, we're constantly telling stories and you guys know as listeners i am like i I love stories. <laughs> I love stories of all kinds. I tell stories. I have my own. I love other people's. And what's powerful that I realized even more fully through this experience is if a story is coming up in you that you don't like, you get to re you can rewrite it on the spot. Like that sunk in more fully. It's like, you know, I came out of the experiences. I'm coming back to my body. We always decide. We always decide. And then a story starts popping up. And it's a story that I don't like. Something, you know, not really good or that I don't want to really happen, right? And I'm like, oh, psh, that's a story. And yes, that story can exist and play out. Or I can tell a totally new one right now, you mm -hmm. know? And so I'm sitting there as I'm coming back into my body and I'm right rewriting stories, you know, is what the experience, part of the experience that I was having. And, you know, 
yes, this medicine opened that up for me even more fully, but you don't need the medicine to have that realization. All of you guys, it's like, start rewriting the stories. You're going to see them pop up uh, all the time. And especially if you're paying attention, you're really becoming the observer. You're going to notice these stories popping up all throughout your day. I'm telling a story. This is how it is. This is how it works. This is what I'm dealing with. This is, yeah. and you can literally start rewriting those. And and by rewriting them and realizing the power that you have to do so, um, it it instantly abracadabra. As I speak, I create. Yay. As I believe, I create. And so that's that sunk in with me even more fully as I went to the state of being all that is and nothing mm. simultaneously it's like there is no other to impose anything on me i'm yeah. i'm it you know we, we are the one yeah and it's um it's such an empowering empowering thing to have um you know settle in even more fully into the core of my being and knowingness of how reality works and you know what's interesting about that is there's a couple things one is when you're telling the story, see if you can focus on the part of your body mm. that you feel that story coming from mm-hmm. and have a conversation with whatever that thing is that you're feeling. If it's tension, if it's sickness, um, and does it have a color? Does it have a shape? Mm. Get to know it really well. Mm. And then um, usually by the time that you have a deep understanding of it, it starts to kind of melt and let go because you've gotten the lesson from it. Yeah. It's done. It doesn't have to be there anymore. Yep. So you don't even have to always rewrite it. Sometimes you can just let go of the yeah, story yeah, yeah. and receive the story that is of your highest good. Yeah. And um, It's alchemy, right? That's transmuting. It's totally alchemy and transmuting. And the other part that's really interesting is, and I talk about this in my class, The Psychedelics of Money, which is a class I teach about, um, really the idea of the kundalini and how it affects wealth and abundance, like really connecting to your own power. And what's interesting about it is that um, a lot of the stories that we live in live in our solar system so astrology Mm. is is all the planets that are in our solar system all the way to the sun the sun and that whole story exists within your universe that's contained inside yourself all the way to the solar plexus Mm. but once you get into the heart you're no longer dictated by astrology anymore wow all the planetary systems above that are beyond that karmic you know tit for tat and all mm-hmm. those archetypal stories i mean every movie that's ever been written everything the i ching tarot all of it is based off of these stories yeah but there's there is an ascended version of that story that is from the heart and all love mm. it's almost like you know um you're friends with david wilcock yeah right and um i uh i, f- I think it's him that i i've heard talk about uh, before how the story of this um, planet or or uh, our solar system or galaxy, I can't remember how he put it in the container, mm-hmm. but is the story of the hero's journey. Yes. Have you heard him speak on this before or talk about this? Absolutely. And it's like what you're talking about is even tr- now next. And I heard someone else talking about this recently too, how 
they were referencing, you know, the, the story of mankind, every movie, every popular movie, you know, Star Wars, the ultimate hero's journey tale. It's like, this is the story. And we, we love that story so much because it's our story. Yeah. And so, but we're now moving into a next level upgrade where we're even transcending that story in some way. And I heard someone saying this and I don't quite recall what their explanation was. I wish I had uh, caught the whole conversation. I think I was hearing two conversations at once or something, but um, it's an interesting idea. It's like there's definitely some level of upgrading that seems to be going on collect individually and collectively. Yeah. And I'm curious how you feel about that. Someone who's working so closely with the spirit realm, mm-hmm. uh, in a sense. And, and you even talk about this, you know, during the, your, your um, you know, the, the ceremonies that you're conducting and, and um administering and uh, facilitating that you you have gotten so sensitive where you even see the spirit leaving body and you see energies when people are shaking out some of this trauma from lifetimes and whatever it's like you, you see the energy um, so as someone who's been on the razor's edge like you have do you feel like that is something like you see just like a, a, a mass upgrade that seems to be taking place across mankind both collectively and individually yeah you know the thing i love uh about um the work that you're doing is that you're using a lot like in your logo you have the flower of life mm-hmm. the flower of life is a geometry that is you know like like our entire universe is constructed of geometries, and mm-hmm. these geometries hold different layers of power. And many people call that like the tree of life. And it's so it's like these different levels of geometries. And the way that we ascend into a geometry that has the ability of holding more consciousness, which gives us all more access, mm. is by making a different decision than the decision that was made historically. Mm. So going from beyond the ego Mm. as I was saying like this old archetypal way of doing things into the ascended story of the heart and once every time that happens it creates a link into the grid and I call it a Christ conscious grid because people can understand that concept Um, although I don't know if that's the generally accepted term I would I've heard it before so I would say maybe that could be true but every time a person makes a choice from the heart it goes in to the Christ conscious grid and makes it accessible for all other beings that are confronted mm. with that scenario. So what you're doing is you're building neural pathways in our collective consciousness wow. to allow everyone to make higher choices. So the more that we make choices from the heart, we're actually mm. sending healing to the entire planet and the entire cosmos. Wow. What a powerful, powerful concept that is. So what is your what is your take on, you know, uh, certainly there's been a renaissance, uh, if you will, of, um, you know, plant medicines and psychedelics being looked at in a much more serious manner in recent years. We talked about our friend, you know, uh, Rick Doblin from MAPS, uh, the multidisciplinary. Plenary Association of Psychedelic Studies, and he's been at it in the trenches for 30 years, you know, working on bringing this stuff to uh, the mainstream. And, and, and you know, he probably had some dark years in the 80s and 90s, I'm sure, where, like, you know, this stuff is for cracked out hippies or whatever. You know, you're crazy if it's like it's nonsense. It doesn't, it's harmful. It's not good. And, you know, here, have this alcohol meantime, which like just destroys everything. Um, and uh, have another drink and, don't don't go there um but 
you know, now there's such a, you know, I know when I had him on the show, even probably two years ago now, he was talking about getting uh, MDMA. Um, uh, they're close to having MDMA uh, approved for uh, treatment of PTSD and veterans and things like that. Uh, really having a lot of help with from using that particular uh, medicine, which is such a heart opener. Mm-hmm. And um, I've worked with it before, and I know you work with it as well. And so, and now I know he, since that time, they've gotten the green light. Like it's happening, right? So you have um, ayahuasca, same thing, where there's been approval for certain people in the states now uh, tied to religious organizations, I believe, that can now legally administer this powerful you know plant medicine it seems like the tides are really really turning with um general acceptance and people who once maybe would have looked at it as like um you know this is a a joke are now like saying hold on this is like might be one of the most important things that we've ever overlooked uh or that was really suppressed because it does free you from the system that has sort of had a stranglehold on on society and, and the planet um but i'm curious you know how where you see it going how you feel about all the um you know the changes that are taking place and sort of the the opening i mean i can even use on a personal level my my mother for example i mean here's someone who you know uh, i've seen her had have like a sip of wine in my life she's never smoked a cigarette i'd be surprised to learn if she's had sex with anyone besides my father just like you know as goody goody of a human as they come and now, if I talked about smoking marijuana, you know, 10 years ago, she's like, oh, my God, your brain's going to be destroyed. You're going to hell and your brain's destroyed. And, you know, the world is collapsing. And now she's acknowledging that, hold on, maybe I've been lied to. Maybe uh, these things are tools and medicines. And it's like if someone like her can kind of start opening their mind to it, um, what you know, I just know there's a shift happening. And anyway, that's a very long-winded question of what you think about the shift that's happening and how these things are being viewed by the collective and by the authorities, you know, uh, sort of loosening their grip. Of course, marijuana, you know, being legalized even here Mm -hmm. in the state where we're at, you know, as of January 1st. And um, yeah, Um, so where do you see it going? What do you think about the shift? So, I mean, first of all... um I think that us being able to have these tools and use them in the way that um, we want to use them is our right. And I think that's really important that we have that freedom. I also do see um, in some shamanistic uh, like like lineages, even in ayahuasca, people abusing power. Mm-hmm. And so what I think really needs to happen is, number one, I mean, we need more psychedelic research. We need more, like, there are so many powerful people in the world, like, I can't even say their names, that are coming and using these substances and having powerful awakenings, having powerful transmissions of ideas that are, like, world-changing, which is beautiful. And at the same time, for the amount of people that are having those experiences, there aren't as many equally giving back to the medicines in terms of their sustainability. You know, the toads, they're, they're a threat species um 
the um, peyote medicine is an endangered uh, an endangered plant. Really, iboga is an endangered plant, and I could go into a long. But wow. I'll just say as an overview, these are plants that there is a limited supply, and and there definitely needs to be measures taken to protect them yeah. um, on a global scale. And and I would even say that with the demand just blowing through the roof and will very quickly even go higher. Sure, we need to look at our future for the next generations for ayahuasca for san pedro for all of these other medicines that are a little more abundant um interestingly i had a conversation um with um a woman and she had said she felt like instead of drinking so much ayahuasca it might actually be better for the environment to use mushrooms because you can grow mushrooms everywhere and they grow on everything and it's good for the environment and I thought wow that's a really smart idea for sustainability because you can actually do similar blends where you mix the MAOI with the mush uh, the MAOI right, from the those. ayahuasca blend it's called ma yeah. it's like mushroom ayahuasca yeah that's what I've so, taken a few times I mean I'd be interested to see like getting think tanks together of different medicine facilitators carrying different lineages because there is this really big neo-shamanic emergence of these different traditions because we have the ability to get combo from from Peru and Iboga from Africa and peyote from Mexico or from Arizona or Texas and where's the toad what Indigenous to um, Bufo. It's indigenous to the Sonoran Desert, which goes through Arizona and then through like Hermosillo, which is like a border town, mm. um, right through the Mexico on the wow. Ari- right by Arizona. And so um, we definitely need to look at how these medicines can be used in right relationship. Um, I think a lot of these, um, you know, some of these facilitators are coming in and putting together a lot of medicines and modalities that is almost too much and can also, like, if you overdo it with medicines, I like to think of it this way. When your clothes get dirty, you use bleach to clean them. But if you use too much bleach, you can bleach a hole in them. And not like the medicines will bleach a hole in you, but it can just be too aggressive to where it, like destabilizes you if you're doing it too It's like anything. Too much water is bad for you. And we talked about this. Yeah. Like, um, you know, and you were talking about your own experience and journey with it, less being more for you at this point. And I think that is such a great takeaway and lesson for life in general. Yeah. It's like this, you know, the song that I wanted to play at the end of my journey. It's like, I only, you know, eat to to fill me up uh you know i sleep to dream it's like you take what you need essentially kind of thing and i think we all find um you know with across the board in life less is more there's no reason to hoard or overdo it or um sort of abuse anything Mm -hmm. Uh, and then then it goes from being helpful uh, water to okay I just poisoned myself by having too much of it and bleached a hole in myself you know so I think that's a really powerful point to make about all of this stuff it's like yeah. and I feel that way with some of the um, the medicines that I've used ketamine's a great example it's like I had such powerful experiences from it whereas now 
uh, when I've played with that particular medicine, it's like, I feel like, like Terrence McKenna said, when you get the message, hang up the phone. Yeah. It's like, I feel like I've gotten the message. I've gotten what can be gotten from there. And if I continue to, to do it, you know, in a, like a festival environment or something like that, it's like, I don't get nearly as much out of it. And then it's like, okay, well, then why am I doing this? Hold on. Is this a habitual thing? Yeah. Is it an escapism? Am I using it for escape or am I using it for healing? Am I, you know, and yeah. you really need to be honest with yourself and really look at these things and see, you know, um, what's why? What's yeah. your why? And and realizing a lot of times less is more. Take what you need and nothing more in life. And that is the 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 path of balance, right? Minimum effective dose. Um, I really love the Buddhist philosophy. And I remember one time a Buddhist said to me, um, when you're eating too much, you're taking another man's meal. Mm. And I truly believe that there's enough for everybody in this planet. It's just all about how we're distributing the resources. Yeah. And those that have too much, the too much is making them sick. Yeah. And that's why they're coming to the psychedelics is they're realizing they're finally waking up and realizing holding on to things like amasses of wealth, it's the same energy of scarcity. Mm-hmm. So they have that same energy. That's It's poverty consciousness. And the only way to be abundant is to just allow those resources to flow through right, you. right. And um, I do see that, um, you know, like if if we all continue, like the first thing I'm seeing is that in the world of even spirituality or in the world of plant medicine, the Western approach is kind of reductionist, like, oh, let's take the best part of this and let's Mm -hmm. take the best part of this. But there truly is an alchemy that happens in the ceremonial container that is the healing. And so when you take it out of context, you're, you're actually not getting the full healing benefits of it. And each of these plants has a relationship with you once you work with it, whether it's mushrooms or ayahuasca or iboga. And um, usually they stay with you after the experience. So if you're doing mushrooms and then the next night you're doing ayahuasca, you're not really even giving yourself time to get all the good goodness from whatever this this plant has to teach you. And there's, there's more there for you. Right, 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 right. Well, I'd like to change gears just a little bit here and get, uh, you, you know, you guys know I love my stories uh, of synchronicity or serendipity or positive paranormal kind of stories. And I know you've had a lot of like fascinating uh journeys and experiences uh and magical things along your path so i'd love if if there is a story that comes to mind that's just a fun magical inspiring story that you'd care to share Mm. i have so many stories (laughs) it's like they're all surprise let me put on my surprise face so i'll just um like the medicine that in my opinion, has I've just seen the most magic and just really had the deepest connection with is the iboga. And um, every time I work with this medicine, you know, I'll, I'll partake in a ceremony and I love working with it in Costa Rica because it's a jungle medicine and it's really happy in the jungle. And, you know, flying to Africa is kind of a little bit of a trek and to do something that intense and then have to be on a plane after and before, it's a lot for the body. So I love going to Costa Rica and the nature there is so beautiful. And so every time I do um, Iboga in Costa Rica, the animals just 
talk to me and mm. interact with me in a way that and I and it's just such a gift and I remember there's this one time my partner and I we were um, had just finished a really intense journey where we were both like working through a lot of our own darkness and literally these two bats like my, my boyfriend came and laid in my bed we were in separate beds because we were resting after the journey but we wanted to give each other our own space and he comes and he sits in my bed and all of a sudden these two bats start sweeping down and literally as we're talking I can see the darkness leaving my body and I can see the bats literally like sweeping it up and taking it away and we're both looking at each other like is this really happening right now and then the next morning we were gone for the day we come back and one of the bats was on my bed and it was a little baby and i and i said oh my god i think the bat died it took our energy and it and it and it basically gave its life for us and literally this i kind of poked it with like a little fork to make sure it was was alive and then it fell behind the bed and when i moved the bed open i saw a scorpion and so literally like like all these like totems of like the darkness and the shadow so there's a scorpion and a bat and of course uh you know i didn't want to kill it i put it in a little cup Mm -hmm. and i threw it outside and i sent a blessing for the the scorpion and the bat and just um, what was interesting about this is I'm a Scorpio and I just mm. always have these like I've never been stung by a scorpion but I literally that that weekend in ceremony like the medicine facilitator said like when I lifted my head there was a scorpion sitting next to my head the whole time wow and so it was like just this crazy like shadow you know wow. stuff that I was dealing with and in the in one of my visions in the journey I saw the darkness of the scorpion And I saw like it was almost like this aspect of myself, the scorpion aspect of myself turned completely pearl white. And it was like almost like I was upgraded to the white scorpion archetype. Beautiful. Oh, what a great story. You are the white scorpion. And I am so glad you have stung me with your goodness. (laughs) Oh, wow. So for... For people that want to connect with you and follow your work and, you know, perhaps be able to participate. Now, one of the things, guys, that Trish and I have been talking about, um, you guys have been asking for a long time um, for some sort of a positive head retreat. And I've always said it's not if, but when. Um, well, Trish and I have been talking about maybe putting something together in this, the, I don't have any exact date or anything like that. No exact details, but uh, I would love your feedback. If you guys feel like that's something that you'd be interested in participating in, mm. um, reach out to me. Uh, my email is Brandon at PositiveHead.com for anyone who doesn't know. And for you, Trisha, for anyone who uh, wants to just follow your work in general or maybe connect with you in you know, whatever other retreat, you do so much amazing mm-hmm. stuff and have so much cool stuff coming up. Any of it that you want to share now? Any, any bit of that that you've feel like talking about or uh just telling people how to connect with you you know now would be a great time to do that thank you um so my website is psychedelicjourneys.com and i put together these beautiful retreats in beautiful locations i try to get together the most you know like-minded individuals and and what i found was like people would would you know, be asking me like, where can I go to the jungle or where can I go outside of the country to do this work? And 
you know, I'd find this center and it would be like in the middle of the jungle and it'd be like survivor like conditions and it'd be like horrible food. It wouldn't be organic. And I was just like, no, this it's so important that we create medicine experiences where every bit is like amazing, Mm -hmm. like not just the medicine, but embodiment practices like yoga and Qigong Mm -hmm. to help integrate the work, nightly integration circles, cacao ceremonies, Mm -hmm. traditional sweat lodge, all like mixed in with like beautiful people and amazing food and just like incredible locations so um, I just had a really beautiful retreat in Tulum we had an entire private beach in the biosphere of Sien Khan and it was just so beautiful would love to do another retreat there I'm going to be doing another one for New Year's which is when I when I did the last one there and then I have one coming up in Ibiza in the beautiful mystical island of Ibiza and so we're going to be doing some work um, with the toad there as well and then Costa Rica in June, we're going to be doing a wow. journey with Iboga. Wow, wow. So anyone who's interested in participating in any of that, the best way is just to connect right through your website? Yeah, and there's a whole page on retreats, and there's a bunch of other cool stuff, too. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. And as mentioned, uh, I, I feel that Trisha and I will continue our, our journey together, and uh, since she's a, you know specializes in putting together retreats, that's one of the things for me. I have, as you guys know, a lot going on in my life with you know um, business and this you know doing this five days a week. So one of the things that I've been really waiting for until I put together some type of retreat is someone who specializes in that and can can sort of you know help to oversee a lot of that piece of it. So uh, stay tuned for more details on something where it'll be a positive head uh, mashup here, and that will be a beautiful 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 journey i cannot wait to uh, meet so many of you guys in person there when the time is right but trisha thank you so much for connecting and you know just being you and gifting me with your magical presence it has been such an honor and pleasure and um yeah i look forward to continuing to co-create with you Thank you. I mean, the work that you're doing is so important and just your heart behind it is just... You have the biggest heart that I've ever seen, and and that's what we need. And and what I love about that is that the new paradigm that we are all creating right now, Mm. that's what people want, and it's happening. And so, you know, just just praying that this reaches more and more people, the beautiful work that you're doing. Thank Mm. you for doing it. Thank you. I do have one last question for you. Uh, And that question is, in 60 seconds or less, what is the meaning of life, according to Trisha Eastman? Mm. So the meaning of life is really that um, we came into, like I think of it like this, you know, whatever you want to call it, the source consciousness is just this blob of consciousness mm-hmm. hanging out. And it was like, oh my God, what am I going to do with all this eternity? Yeah. But create. Right. And so it started creating. Mm. And it started creating entities and and basically collective uh, logos of consciousness. Like, what would it be like if this particular flavor of love was concentrated? What would that be? And that created planets and stars and our galaxy. And then that... Mm. Then it it went all the way down to life and to creation and all the way down to the the smallest microorganism. And, And all of it was literally to experience. I mean, imagine like 
all of a sudden there's there's all these amazing entities and they are like wouldn't it be cool to have a body and be able to water ski and have sex and eat food and they're like smoke yeah to- smoke toads smoke toads yeah let's do that that's a great idea so so we did and part of it was that in order to hide yourself from yourself to create this surprise and wow and wonder and emotion there had to be darkness and light there had to be polarity and part of the experience was to understand how the energy worked and if you knew the rules of the game you could always surf the wave and so all we've been doing is remembering how to surf again Ah, I love that you know what you went over 10 floors and you went over 60 seconds and I couldn't be happier about it thank you Trisha for everything that you do thank you for being love you so so much Mm, love you too until next time journey well all you listeners love you too bye-bye well everyone if you have enjoyed this positive download from our hearts and minds to yours please take a minute give us a rating or review on itunes since itunes is the holy grail of all things podcasting uh your good reviews help us to reach more listeners also We would be extremely appreciative if you would tell your friends and family about the show. Our sincere intent with the Positive Head podcast is to spread positivity to the world because, well, because we're selfish, quite honestly. Uh, I say that jokingly, but really only halfway joking. I'm referring to the good kind of selfish based on the knowing that we all get what we give in this life because when we give, we're actually always giving to extensions of self since we're all really one in the same consciousness, just in different bodies. So if you want to be a good selfish along with us by helping to spread the positivity, by all means, please proceed to shout about the Positive Head podcast from your rooftop. (laughs) Otherwise, As you continue on your fabulous journey in this 3D reality, be sure to remember this. As long as you ain't dead, you're already positive ahead. Journey well, everyone, and thank you for being.